In a world that tells us that if you're not happy, you can just change your job, end your relationship, start a new one, have a baby, get a puppy or five. We are constantly facing change in the pursuit of happiness. And yet, deep down, we resist this so much because nobody teaches us how to navigate transitions. Well, I'm here to change that. Join me and my guest every week to find the inspiration and actionable steps to dive into your next great chapter. Let's write it together. Hello, everybody. This week, I have the wonderful Janine McKinnon from Unapologetic Motherhood, which is a community where they talk all the truth behind motherhood. And we recently connected because she wanted to bring an expert to talk to her women about um, divorce being um, a situation where you can actually be empowered instead of traumatized. So we started talking. I started following her. Following her. You guys have to follow her Instagram. And then in a recent post, she was coming out and talking about cannabis and motherhood. And then I was like, we need to talk. So (laughs) Janine, please, I would love to have an honest, vulnerable conversation about all the truths and all the research and all the wisdom that you have surrounding this pretty taboo subject. Mm -hmm. Thank you for being here and let us know. Fantastic. Thank you so much for inviting me to chat here. Cannabis and motherhood is something that is very, very stigmatized. So I definitely jump at any opportunity I have to chat about it and help educate people about how this plant can be a very powerful tool in people's lives and you can participate in it responsibly as a parent. Fantastic. So tell us, how did you get involved into this world? Um, I'll say I have been using cannabis for a long part of my life, started in teenage years. I had a rough um, teenage time, Um, definitely not something I would be recommending to my kids or any other kids to start the way I did. Um, But throughout life kind of came and went with my usage. And then as a mom, I learned that there's just not much research out there to support moms and their decisions to use cannabis responsibly throughout different stages of their motherhood. And I did a lot of digging and tried to educate myself to make my own responsible decisions, but I still kept quiet about it in the public space. But then after seeing a couple of people talk about it a little bit more, connecting more with my community privately in DMs, it showed that I really should be talking about things publicly or that somebody should and that there's a real need for it. So I decided to step up to the plate nervously after thinking about the post for probably a month and a half. And then I finally stepped out of the cannabis closet and things blew up on Instagram. And it's kind of been a bit a long road of playing with how much I do want to be talking about it and I've decided to lean into it it's a regular part of the content that I talk about within my community and I've just been going from there and it feels great to really be aligned with it and not hiding it anymore because it is something that helps me so much I use cannabis primarily for sleep that's always been the common thread um, always <laughs> for sleep. Um, I can tell right away if my head hits the pillow and I haven't had any that day, my mind will just be thinking and thinking and thinking. And so I get up, I have a puff of my vape and instantly I can fall asleep so much easier. 
Um, and then I also use it for stress or for pain when that comes up. It's my go-to medication for headaches along with water um, and food. And it's a, yeah, a great stress management tool as well. And it helps a lot of people in a lot of different ways. And I absolutely love that you found the courage to speak your truth and to say, hey, this is helping me. And I know that it's a very incredibly taboo thing to talk about in our society and it comes with so, so much shame and I'm on a mission to eradicate shaming from yeah. this world and especially when it comes to like what you mentioned at the beginning this is a plant a lot of people will call mm -hmm. it plant medicine just because mm -hmm. it doesn't come in a little box saying generic from a pharmaceutical it doesn't mean that it's like a painkiller an anxiety um, way of managing what we're going through so mm -hmm. when you started talking about this what is society's main resistance that you found? People that try to probably shut you down or were like, no, this is not okay. And especially not for mothers. Oh my goodness, that Madonna idea. <laughs> I know it. What is the general consensus here for people who are against it? I would say the two main... Um against um, scripts that I hear from people is the lazy stoner idea. Mm. They just assume people who use cannabis, smoke weed are just lazy stoners, don't do anything. And then as a parent, um, it's just that you're a bad mom and that you should not be doing it as a mom. You should never do it around your kids and you should not talk to them about it. All of which I completely disagree with. Everyone is very comfortable, or most people, I should say, are very comfortable. Family barbecue, people have beer or wine, and it's just completely socially acceptable. There's definitely people that don't use responsibly, and there's negative sides to that. Um, but it is very accepted. Yet, if a mom talks about um, smoking cannabis, in front of their children, not side by side. That's definitely not safe. Um, but I have kids, they'll be playing out in the backyard. We have one area where we'll consume and smoke our joint or whatever it is. And there's a visible boundary where they know they cannot pass that space. And so I know they're at a safe distance. And I personally think there's nothing wrong with that. It is very similar to someone having a drink around their kids. And what is your take on the lazy stoner idea? Mm -hmm. Well, it's just completely not true. And I think a really big part of what plays into that is because that stereotype is so, so strong that a lot of people that are cannabis users that are quite productive stay in the closet. They don't feel comfortable talking about it publicly because they're scared that they're gonna be looked at in that way. And so it's just perpetuating it and these people are staying quiet. And so they're not, or the general public is not seeing as many productive cannabis users as there actually are. There's people in, all different kinds of professions and walks of life that are responsible people, contributing members to society, great parents that also use cannabis in different ways. And lots of athletes too, as we came to see with the last Olympics. And, and that's so true that it's, it's kind of a scary to come out. And remember mm -hmm. one of the presidents in America go like, no, no, I didn't inhale. And he was like, <laughs> yeah. like we said, you know, like you can get drunk, you can be a raging alcoholic and that's okay. All right, yeah. the government has told us that addiction is fine. And that could very rapidly lead to addiction, the same mm -hmm. with nicotine. 
But when it comes to marijuana, it's like, oh, that's, I mean, the, the campaign that they did in the 70s to just yeah. completely destroy any positive attributes for that. It was like, yeah, there is no coming back from that. Almost like I think that now there is a reserve, a res, um, almost like a revolution and people are mm-hmm. being more brave to speak up about it. And I couldn't agree more with you when it comes to anxiety, when it comes to like sleeping. Um, mm-hmm. it, we were talking before about um, for people who cannot eat during the pregnancy. Mm-hmm. And there is, there is some moments, that some specific situations that it's a relief and it's needed. And if it was in a drag form, people will not be judging. So what can we do to really start changing the stigma besides being honest and saying, I do it and I'm a very productive member of society. How can we be more open and more having these conversations, I guess is the first step, isn't it? Yeah, I'd say it's really just continuing to have the conversations. As you had touched on, I refer to it as reefer madness propaganda um, that ran rampant throughout the States and it carried through to Canada. I know my parents and my grandparents have the very similar views. And it was just drilled into people's minds for decades. And that takes a lot of work to unpack. Um, unfortunately, most of that isn't based, isn't evidence-based, um, it's just opinions. And so I hope with having more and more conversations with it becoming legalized, I am very privileged living in Canada as a white female. I don't experience as much backlash as some other people do, depending on where they live and the color of their skin. It's much harder for a woman of color living in the States to proudly be a cannabis mom than it is for me living here where I do. Um, So that definitely plays into it. But my hopes is that we can just continue to have these conversations to show all of the ways it helps is a big one. Um, I know some people don't necessarily like drawing the parallels between cannabis and alcohol or cannabis and pharmaceuticals, but I think it's easier to compare things in a way that people are familiar with to help with that understanding. And so that's what I touched on with the picnic or family barbecue is that people are okay having the glass of alcohol. So why is the little bit of cannabis not okay? And so I think with drawing those parallels, showing people all the ways it helps, hopefully we can slowly educate people. And, and, and also that piece about legalization in, in the mm-hmm. United States, we, we have this hilarious situation where in one state it's okay and you can walk into any dispensary and buy, you cross the line to another state and it's an absolute no-no. So it's kind of like, yeah. But, but is it legal? Is it not legal? What's going on? And again, I, I think that that's a step in the right direction. But honestly, for me, the real game changer would be if everybody was just willing to at least try it. And oh, this, yeah, that would be perfect. <laughs> Twitter's that be awesome. It'll be like, okay, if you want to talk about this, you need to try it. And I know that, and, and I'll speak from my own experience. Um, I grew up in Spain. So mm-hmm. just for those that don't know, we all smoke there. I mean, it's like, oh, basically, oh gosh. I mean, I left 22 years ago. So apparently things are different now, but growing up, I mean, like even when was it 10 years ago, I went back with my baby, 
six months old baby and my mom had my baby on her arm with one hand and then with the other one was smoking and I was like we don't want to do that she smoked in her pregnancy I'm I'm talking cigarettes I'm not talking marijuana but um but anyway like it was so acceptable it was like something that you grew up with but um when it comes to cannabis it's like no that was an absolute no-no alcohol and cigarettes go for it go nuts cannabis absolutely no and yet to me the benefits are so insane that I will say okay don't smoke it I know the the whole problem with the lungs and everything but nowadays we have these delicious little gummies mm-hmm. that you can measure the amount that you want start really small just take a little a little chunk and mm-hmm. then make up your mind yeah. like trust me you're not gonna go crazy you're not gonna get hooked none of that bullshit is gonna mm-hmm. happen they're gonna enjoy it or you're not yeah. what if you enjoy it what if and I'm not talking about enjoying like oh I'll just have a laugh like seriously what if it reduces your anxiety what if it helps you to sleep what if it helps you to eat when you're going through chemo all these things that why not what yeah. is the, seriously like it, it's just like a mental block why are we still in today's society so against something that is very beneficial for a lot of people Yeah, exactly. And you know what, it's not for everyone, but with them trying it, and again, a small reasonable amount, plenty of people get offered some edible that's jam packed, and they have a super bad experience. And no one wants to have that experience. I am a regular cannabis user, I do not want that experience. But when you're having a small amount to just try, and it's not for you, you also see like, this is the bad that comes from using it like I'm not completely out of it I am still in control of myself again with small reasonable doses completely agree and and again it's something that when it comes to alcohol definitely alcohol at some point you're expected to try it and then sort of make up your mind Mm -hmm. Uh, when it comes to cigarettes same thing but when it comes to marijuana it's like an absolute no which to me is hilarious because then what are what are we going to do with a prohibition which is exactly i'm so against prohibition in so many ways see what happened with alcohol see what's done with abstinence in the states it just it doesn't work exactly so what would be your suggestion about talking to kids about it that was one that i was like "Ooh, how do you do that the right way Okay, so again, it's really going to vary depending on your personal situation, where you're living, if you're in a co-parent situation, um, there are a lot of different factors. And sometimes you do need to be a little bit more careful if you are living in an illegal state and your co-parents vary against it. So you definitely need to keep those factors in mind. Um, But I personally believe in education right from the get-go especially as cannabis users, because there's a really big safety component around it. Um, If you're not, maybe you don't necessarily need to work it into everyday conversation until they're a little bit older, but still. Um, I'm a very big proponent for talking to your kids about everything as they come up in age-appropriate ways. So if they smell something, there's your conversation starter. Oh, that's weed. Someone must be smoking it for this, perhaps for these reasons. Um, so yeah, I say right away and bring things up as they come up and start with the facts. You can choose what you want to call it. If you are somewhere where it is extremely stigmatized or you're very worried about your child blabbing about all they've learned about cannabis or weed, hemp 
can be a more safe word. It's not as stigmatized. So that's something to keep in mind. Um, but keep it very fact-based. And then you just continue on as they get older and begin to ask questions. And then when it comes to teens, you really want to prepare them to be able to make their own safe choices or responsible choices and be equipped in that way. Um, but for example, I have a two-year-old, three-and-a-half-year-old. They know that is adult medicine. That's what we call it. And I'm starting to teach cannabis as a word. Um, they know why we use it. It helps us sleep. It helps us relax, helps our appetite. Uh, we do grow two plants. So I will talk about the plants when we cut them down to harvest them. My son left out the windows like where the plants go. And we actually have a magnet um, on our fridge. So I kind of started drawing parallels for him. I'm like, oh, the plants are actually getting dried. Um, sorry, the magnet part was from a different conversation we had. He was asking about the magnet and I related it to the plants. I'm like, see, this leaf comes from this plant. We dry it out and that's what we're smoking when we're having adult medicine. Um, so you can just start out what it is. It's a plant. This is how it helps us. And then you can dive more. It's really about answering their questions as they come up and just okay. expanding from there. I don't have as much experience with older kids, um, so I can't speak too much to that, but I do think it's very important to equip them so they can make their own responsible choices because at one point they're going to be offered something. So you want them to be prepared and not caught off guard and pressured into something. And what will be your opinion, also based on your personal experience and research, when it comes to uh, people suggesting that we actually um, offer it to them at you know the appropriate age, mm -hmm. and just so they have their first this first experience with the adult that can guide them through them through that, mm -hmm. or you think that that's a no no? Or what's your take on that? Um, for me, like my kids again are very young. I'm definitely not jumping to the thought of doing that with them, but say they were at an older age and came to me asking for that, um, I could be open to it. Um, but I do think it's important to talk about how cannabis can affect younger brains and younger bodies differently than it affects adults. And I think it's really important to distinguish that with them and how it affects the brain developing. So there's a lot of different factors at play. Um, age is a big one for how old they are for that. Um, yeah, that's a little bit of a tricky one. And I'd say there's yeah, a lot of different factors that go into it. Definitely not when they're super young. Um, I know I've heard of plenty of like alcohol stories too, where it's like families giving it to them when they're 10 years old and that kind of started their world into alcoholism. We definitely don't want that. Um, and I think it's really important to educate how it impacts young bodies compared to adult bodies. But then again, I also know people and I myself was the kind of teenager where they're going out doing it anyway. So you need to figure out where you want to draw the line. And I personally really like how parents say, you know what, you're choosing to do this. So you need to keep your grades up. You need to be responsible within the household and you're going to do what you're going to do. Because mm. ultimately that's the truth. I mean, whether we talk about it, whether we stigmatize it, whatever we do at the end of the day, like you said before, at one point or another. 
they're going mm-hmm. to go for this. So in my opinion, at least if they've been exposed to it's a conversation, then they yeah. can they can know all the facts. It's not like, mm-hmm. oh, God, I got high and I had no idea what to expect. And then she goes sideways and it's like, well, yeah, yeah. it's best if, if they know where they're walking into and then they have that choice. Exactly. Um, you want them to be comfortable. The situation plays such a big part. Um, like cannabis is a psychoactive. It affects how you feel and think and your situation and comfort level plays a big role. And I can see benefits if it's right for the family to want to expose them in that comfortable, safe setting. Yeah, I, I, I have some crazy stories again from Spain. People do or used to do crazy stuff, but uh, I had a friend that he was caught um, sneaking alcohol and, you know, he would just have like a beer here or there, but he was underage and we could start drinking in Spain when you're 18, but this was like 15 or something. And then his dad decided to teach him a lesson and he was like, oh, now we're going to sit down and you're going to drink 12 cans of beer. And he was like, I just want to save you the time that before you get hooked into this shit, I'm going to show you how bad it's going to be for you. So this mm-hmm. poor kid had to say, obviously, by the third beer, it was like, I got yeah. it. He was throwing up. But, but it's interesting how no matter how much we try to stop it, they're going to go there. So sometimes it's almost like be with the adult and then we can handle this together. And obviously, I'm not proposing to anybody that you stuff your child with anything, neither alcohol, nor cannabis. But I do feel that having that connection with your child where you can talk about these things, where you can say, hey, this is going to happen. How would you like to, to act instead of mm-hmm. react? I think it's major. Then whatever they end up choosing is a choice. It's not a, oh my God, I got peer pressure into this or I had no idea what to expect. So in that respect, I think that that conversation is necessary. Absolutely. Um, like I hope that when my kids are teenagers that we've had so many conversations up to that point, they know theoretically what happens when you're smoking and how you feel. They know to get it from a safe source if they're choosing to do it and all of those sort of things like safety plays such a big factor and I definitely want them to feel confident in their choice and also confident to say no if that's what they want to do no it's not good for my body I don't want to and I want them to be able to use me as a scapegoat Um, it's like no sorry I gotta go see my mom soon so I don't want to be like that Um, but if they do choose to do it, I also want them to be comfortable telling me that and having those conversations. And the conversation that has to also be rather interesting is the one with family and close friends. Mm -hmm. What would be your suggestions if someone, if someone wants to come out and say, Hey, I do do this. Um, what would be the tips to make it, I don't know, less (laughs) conflict ridden? Well, I'd say if you're having a conversation with families and friends, again, it really comes down to the science and evidence. Um, It's a plant and this is how it helps me really talking about the benefits um, to show them that you are getting something about it. You kind of had briefly touched on it before for anxiety. There's a lot of families that will completely understand if someone needs to go on medication for the anxiety as prescribed by their doctor. And I know people that are in that situation and they decide not to do the medication and start using cannabis instead. And they receive a bunch of stigma about it, which I just don't understand. Um, But it's drawing those parallels, um, showing them the evidence, how it helps. This is how I am now that I use it compared to this is how I am when I'm not. 
And also really being confident on your facts about it, especially if you have young kids, because there can be concern from grandparents or other friends or whoever that they're going to be able to get into your stash. So when you're confident, yes, I use, this is how I do it safely. I keep things locked away or out of reach or whatever it might be, depending on the kid's age. When you're really confident in what you're using, why you're using, and the safety precautions behind it. Um, people can sense that too. If you're like, oh yeah, I, I use weed. Um, it's a lot easier for someone to kind of go on the offense and attack you from it. But if you're feeling really confident in your decisions and you can answer their questions to it, uh, you can actually have that conversation with them and show them different things. And ultimately, I wish that we are moving towards a society that accepts that as long as you're not hurting anybody mm -hmm. do what you need to do and for me like we were saying the benefits outweighed whatever fantasy beliefs that we may have about it and for me someone comes to me saying I'm suffering from anxiety I'm using this for it I will be like absolutely no judgment do what you need to do and what else do you need like is there anything yeah. that I can help you instead of throwing mm -hmm. criticism and judgment and how could you or it's like how can I help you like yeah no judgment, just how can I help you? And is there any way and respect Just say, well, same, if somebody came to you and said, I'm on Prozac, would you shame them? Would you say, oh my God, no. So I, I wish that we're moving that conversation as well to when it comes to this plant medicine. So I am so grateful that you're doing this work and that you are putting cannabis and mams on the same sentence. Because mm -hmm. again, just because there is this whole crazy idea of what a mother should be and how... I don't know. It just, yeah. it drives me insane. The, the whole, <laughs> I love that your, your whole thing is unapologetic motherhood. So everybody go and find Janine and her Instagram page. Is there anywhere else where people can um, join your membership? I know that you have a group that you talk to. Um, where can they find you? Yeah, so lots of things. So Instagram, that's where I spend way too much time at unapologetic motherhood underscore. Um, you can see all the content I put out, connect with me in stories, feel free to send me a DM. I also have the website unapologeticmotherhood.com. And we have the um club, so shortened it, unapologetic moms club, which is our membership community where we are offering content every single week with expert interviews on different topics impacting moms today for moms who think and live life on their own terms. So similar to our conversations, being confident in your choices, looking for the research for what you believe in, and making those choices to live unapologetically yourself. So that's what the community is all about. We're opening our doors on November 22nd. I think I have that date right. Um, so you can come join us there. And then if you are curious about learning more about cannabis, whether it's just how it works with the endocannabinoid system, how to consume, and then also the motherhood component, I have a mom's cannabis guide for free on my website. It's also linked on Instagram. And that has a ton of links for um, studies for pregnancy, breastfeeding, um, and then different resource links for talking to your kids as well. I love it. Okay, I have two more questions for that I ask all my guests. And the first one is, where do you see your next great chapter? I say my next great chapter, I'm right I'm, I'm starting it and it's just building this community of unapologetic moms that have this awesome group to support each other and to continue to learn all this really interesting information and connect 
all over the world. So that's my big vision that I'm really excited for over the next couple of years. Oh, fully supported. It's, you're going to get there. And where do you see the world's, I don't know, next great chapter or just next chapter? <laughs> I know you said this. I'm like, to be honest, things feel so crazy in the world right now. It's really hard to think. But I hope that we are kind of like a diamond going through all this intense pressure right now and there's just so much going on and hopefully out of all of this we can come out of it a better more open society still living on earth that is hopefully <laughs> still an okay habitat for us I don't know things are crazy right now <laughs> I'm sorry, that's not a very hopeful answer. <laughs> so honest. And I see that every guest is pretty much going with the same, like, I'm just going to throw my positive intent out there. But <laughs> yeah. I mean, the reality right now, oh, hold on. So I think that if my podcast is still available in 10, 20 years, I think that they're going to look back and listen to the people in 2021, 2022, go like, we were hopeful. <laughs> and then, it's going through some crazy stuff, but we, we know the light's somewhere out there at the end of the tunnel. <laughs> well, thank you so much, Janine, for the amazing work that you're doing and for sharing all your wisdom with us today. It's been amazing talking to you and I really, really want to support you. So everybody, go and check Janine out. <laughs> Thank you so much. It's been a pleasure chatting with you and connecting with you and your community. I love what you're doing. Thank you so much, Janine. And everybody else, I'll see you next week. Aloha. Hey, if you're passionate about helping others move to the next chapter and want to join one of the fastest growing industries, I would like to invite you to my upcoming training to become a certified holistic divorce coach. Just head over to olganadal.com and click on the Holistic Divorce Institute tab. I can't wait to meet you inside the program.